Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is season two, episode 148. Or it could be 149. Depending on which one I decide to put on first. Now, as usual, we're normally talking about unidentified uh, bodies, unsolved homicides, unexplained disappearances, unsolved disappearances. Today we're going to go down really kind of a different road. It's going to be unexplained, possibly homicides, possibly death, possibly natural causes. Today we're going to talk about unexplained deaths, unidentified bodies, but they're going to be from prehistoric times. The first one known as the Old Man. He was found as a nearly complete skeleton of a Neanderthal discovered at La Chapelle aux Saints, France, in 1908. He is thought to have lived between 47 and 56,000 years ago. Um, determination, forensic determination to, to kind of determine he was in bad health at the time of his death, but his exact exact cause of death was not determined. So I guess they have that listed as as a question mark. Although if he was in bad health, the the real possibility is he may have died of health issues. There are also a couple other ones, like the Arlington Spring Man. A set of uh, human bones, male, uh, were recovered from the uh, late Pleiadian uh, uh, scent period during uh, dated back to about 13,000 years ago. Uh, they were found in 50, 1959 on Santa Rosa Island, which is one of the uh, islands uh, below, along the channel of islands located off the coast of su- Southern California. Um, there are a couple more that are, this is interesting. One is a, the, the Hung Su child a skeleton of a child from the uh, Paleolithic period area, which was supposedly dated back to about 40,000 B.C., was discovered in a limestone cave in South Korea in 1982. The uh, exact cause of death is unknown. And, you know, it's, that wouldn't be uncommon, though, to list these things as unknown, because, let's face it, not only are you dealing with, with individuals or bones that are are going to obviously not have IDs on them because, you know, they didn't have walls back then. But, you know, it's even hard sometimes to put skeletal remains that old in any type of cultural structure or horizon, basically. Um, unless they're doing stratification, which I'm sure they probably were in most of these cases, um, the closest reference you're going to get is possible horizon, possible culture, possible stone artifacts, um, which are going to give you a general day-to-day lifestyle uh, and type of work being done with the tools. But besides that, you know, something that old, the social, religious, and daily customs, although we, we have an idea of what occurred, 
with certain, certain cultural groups back in the archaeological time period and, and frames, we don't exactly know everything. Speculation at best. And in some cases, yeah, they were... Uh, some of these people that are, were discovered were victims of violent deaths. I mean, you know, a lot of them that they find have projectile points uh, still stuck in, um, you know, the uh, faunal remains. The interesting thing about the bow and arrow is a lot of people doesn't, don't realize it. If you look at the, the, the uh, typical arrow, it has three color fletching or feathers. If you are hunting animals with a stone projectile, you have the odd color feather, which is called a cock feather, which would be either your your right or your left in a horizontal position. The projectile point for hunting animals will be vertical. Why? Because when animals bend over, their rib cages are vertical, therefore penetration will go vertical. During a situation where war or hunting or using for security defense purposes, the projectile point would go horizontal with the, the cock feather also being horizontal. Why? Because if a human stands upright, his bones are vertical and the separations in between the bones are what? Vertical. Just a little bit of extra information there. Not that it matters much, unless somebody's shooting at you with a bow and arrow, but um, sometimes it's going to happen. The loser woman is named for the skeletons of a paleo-Indian woman who was found in a cave in Brazil from the upper Paleolithic period, said to be about 11,500 uh, 11, they have BC here as a listing, but it's more correctly known as BP or minus 1950 or 1950. So, depending on what we're looking at. Uh, here's another one the Boo Woman. Uh, it's named that for a skeleton of a Paleolithic uh, period female who is said to be about 11,000 years old, who was found in January of uh, 1989 in a quarry near. Uh, Ohio, cause of death obviously is listed as unknown. Um, the only time you're going to actually, in a Paleolithic or any type of situation like this, any any type of uh, prehistory type of uh, excavation, uh, is if if there's the bones show you know um, some type of trump uh, blunt force trauma. Uh, from a stone tool, or you're cut by a projectile point, or they do in fact have a projectile point uh, with penetration into the bone section. It, it, it all depends. I mean, you know, uh, the La Brea woman named for remains of a human partial skeleton of a woman who lived about 10,220 10, uh, years to about 1050 BP, I'm guessing. That's what I, I mean. Uh, yeah, BP, discovered in the La Brea Tar Pits in Los Angeles, California in 1914. Uh, her skeleton shows signs of uh, injury. It is not identif uh, directly identified if it is the cause of death or not and what the uh, injuries are from, which is, you know, I mean, 
Well, let's face it. If you're in a tar pit, uh, more than likely, you got two choices. You'd either thrown in or, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? But all we know in, the, in these cases, it's very unlikely we're going to ever determine the type of death. Uh, what else do we have here? There's some of the more interesting ones. Uh, the Spirit Cave uh, Mummy is a male mummy who was recovered in a Spirit Cave in 1940 and is the oldest human mummy found in North America. It's said to live more than uh, 9,200 9, BP. Uh, cause of death unknown. Uh, interesting because mummification is normally thought to be um, back in the Roman times, but I, I don't see why that type of um, religious uh, practice wouldn't fo follow through. Now, and one thing, and this is my theory, and you know, I might be wrong, I might I might be right, I don't know. I know this computer is driving me crazy, I just want to throw it out through the window. Uh, I keep getting these stupid uh, antivirus things that keep popping up for some dumb reason. Um, you know, when you think of the Paleo-Indian period, you know, you're thinking you have groups of what we call Native Americans, origin point either Europe, Asia, or Africa, coming across into the upper part of North, uh, the northern continent through the Bering Straits. The interesting concept about the Bering Straits is there's always a mention that, you know, it was this land bridge also. Some people refer to it as... Uh, uh, Pandora, that it was thousands of miles wide, yada, 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 due to the simple fact of the lower level, the low, lower amount of water, which was, by theory, supposed to be sucked up by the glaciers and frozen. Maybe it is, maybe it wasn't, who knows. We weren't there, I wasn't there, although some days I feel like I was there. But the simple fact is, there's always seems to be this correlation of um, trying to ascertain a date when people came over, you know, into Alaska, Canada, and in, <clears throat> entered in, uh, uh, North America through uh, the central part of the uh, North America, basically. Um, But I, I find I have trouble with that correlation uh, because, you know, a, a land bridge doesn't have to be a thousand miles for a human to walk over it. You know, it can be three feet wide. That's good enough. You know, uh, and it, apparently it was good enough for a lot of extinct animals to, that had come over from... Uh, over the uh, Siberia, over the land bridge, because at one time, North America had the most species of uh, animals in the world. And, of course, we no longer have that because of climate change and, uh, you know, this climate changes, food sources, resources changed, and um, there you have it. Now, also, then you have the uh, paleo-first type of uh, theory that, um, and this is really just kind of an odd theory. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I get the paleo first theory. Um, it's, it's weird though, how they, they, they attempt to ascertain migration rates. Um, 
poor direction. You know, some believe that, you know, the Native Americans are um, first arrivals onto the North American continent just, like, came in from all different angles, this and that. But if you actually look at this uh, distribution uh, patterns, uh, it's clear that they just didn't sporadically pop up like, you know, birdshot on a piece of paper and then migrate outward to different areas. Uh, there was a definite um, migration route through central uh, central part of the United States. Uh, the difference with the central part of the United States is, uh, you know, in certain areas there's very limited resources. It's, it, it's open. Uh, you have limited amount of resources. And then to the west you have, you know, you have a higher elevation Rocky Mountain, you know, in that area, which is not really the area I would want to be going in. Uh, 